Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. That is Charlie Hotel uh, Golf Oscar, uh, if we're going with the uh, the call-outs there. Wow. Uh, so shout out to that. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm your host. Apparently, I know that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Vinny Duber, the man with the mustache. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And, of course, the man in the middle, the leader of our CHGO White That's Sox enough. beat. That's enough. <laughs> Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. You can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore sports. That's where we are broadcasting from the CHGO studios here in the West Loop. And you can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Boys, let's get into the big news. People are waiting for it. We're waiting for it. The deadline for the MLB and the MLBPA was set at 2 p.m. for a an agreement uh, on the CBA to ratify an agreement. You know, we've heard two-yard line that they've been on, which why not use a baseball reference? Uh, and now we're hearing that things are hitting a snag. It is convoluted, it's messy, it's baseball. The icebreaker is basically, I mean, how do you feel right now? I mean, I know that a lot of people are feeling anxious, a lot of people are feeling like they are close, and now I know it just feels like a kind of someone died over there uh, with, the, with the Cubs beat. <laughs> Everyone's gone quiet. Uh, it, it's a very weird feeling right now. People want baseball back, people are anxious to have baseball back. Do you feel like it's close, Vinny? Do you feel like Phoenix is in your future? feel like I've seen this movie before <laughs> right? pretty recently at that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't this seems to happen once a week now, right? Everybody yeah. gets really excited that this is it, and then it's not it. So we'll see. Obviously, like you said, we're still awaiting the news. We're still waiting to see what happened. We were busy doing math before the show started, which was a terrible idea. But, uh, you know, the, <laughs> we we'll, we'll see what happens. It's it's Right now, it's, it's really like wake me up when it's over kind of thing because and, – and that's not even – me talking about, you know, any frustration or any, you know, being mad at, at the parties or anything like that. It's just like, we don't know what the answer is. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I say wake me up when it's over, I mean, tell me when there's an answer. Tell me when there's news so it's not just like, how are we feeling today? Like, right. we don't we don't know. We have nothing to base that on. It, tell me when it's there's something to base that on. It's 2.04 right now. The deadline was 2 p.m. So, I mean, the deadline has passed and there's no deal done. So, I mean, I guess you should feel bad. Um, I mean, that's that's the only thing I could put it to. Herb, we, we did the math. Uh, we're pretty sure that 20 votes uh, from the team needs to be approved uh, for the CBA. So, there's 38 votes in total. They need two-thirds of approval, which means 20% or, or 20 votes of, of the 38 need to be passed along. So, it's not like they're trying the to get players. like... 
both sides. Well, so there's 38. I'll just read the Eno Saris. We did the match. We don't know if we did it well or there correctly. Are 38 votes in total in the players' union, 30 team reps, and eight on the executive board. So right now, if the board is against, they need two-thirds of the players' rep to vote for the propose, proposal for it to pass. Player reps are talking to their teams to determine their votes. So the way that I understand it, I think the, uh, the, the White Sox, the players' union needs... 20 of those 38 votes to pass. And I think it's all 30 teams, right? Or no, it's, it's, yeah, it's all 30 teams uh, are represented by one player. Lucas Giolito represents the White Sox. Um, and they'll have a team vote too. Like the White Sox as a team will vote, send in a vote to Lucas, and then he will give their vote. Um, the Mets are one of the teams that are apparently snagging this whole deal Ugh. up. But I, I, right now, it felt the closest they, they were. And now it just feels like we're getting further and further away. So I, I feel pretty beaten up. To, to, to be honest wow. about this whole thing. I just, I'm, I'm ready for baseball. I don't know about you guys. Herb? Very much so. It's, of course it's the Mets. I mean, go <laughs> back to the family guy things. Like opening day and the season starts. And the season's over. Same thing. The goddamn Mets. Like, yes, I understand the players want to test this deadline. And these deadlines are all ridiculous. Hey, guys, if you don't sign by this deadline, we're going to cancel these games. If you don't sign by that deadline, we're going to cancel those games. Oh, actually, guys, we'll play 162. Cool. Sign by here. Sign by 2 o'clock. We'll play mm-hmm. them all. We'll start playing on April 7th. All good. And the while I said the owners had bad PR early, they're having excellent PR now because people are turning on the players. Last night, they were like, okay, players, they've acquiesced to what you wanted. Why aren't you signing? And today, the same thing. It's like, it's on the deadline. It's on the players to sign this thing. I guarantee there's people out here watching and listening like, why aren't the players signing that? It seems like a fair deal. They want to play. Let's go. And they've done a great job of saying, hey, we've set these parameters and we've already pretty much agreed on most of the stuff. It's up to the players to accept what we've put out there. Right. And, and Jeff Passan uh, reported last night at 5.36 p.m. that the international draft became the lightest stumbling block in the CBA negotiations. But earlier today, before he was hacked, um, he said that they agreed on the international draft, that they would be having an international draft. So it seems like the biggest roadblock got out of the way, Vinny, but now we're, we're back in this. I just feel very frustrated because it feels now finally after the first two series were canceled, it feels now like the owners are truly arguing or uh, negotiating in good faith. And now it feels like you know, the players, I, I don't really understand why they wouldn't take this deal. So I, I guess that's why the frustration's building. And you're not frustrated that you're not, like, getting closer and closer to that plane. I mean, again, we're, it is cold in Chicago. It's very cold. It's today. very nice yeah. in Phoenix. It's going to be good next it's week. It's very oh, nice yeah. in Glendale. It's be like 50 next week. But this is what always happens. Every time I go to spring training, that's what happens. Maybe. Is that it's it's nice back at back in Chicago, and it's like, what am I? why couldn't I have done this a week and a half ago? Right. You've covered an offseason before. Uh, rumors are if this does get ratified, uh, free agency would start tonight. I mean, what would you expect from that type of just craziness? Uh, if, if everything just opened up with three weeks to to get ramped up for the, the season starting, apparently on April 7th, if everything is agreed to. Yeah, I mean, to kind of build off what you just said there. Yeah, I've covered an offseason before. I've never covered an offseason like this one's <laughs> going to be. I mean, that's and that's the thing. I mean, they you're, you're looking at a very, what I think is kind of like an NBA style free agency Perfect. period all of a sudden where it's like, as soon as the as soon as the ball drops, as soon as the alarm goes <laughs> off, it's off to the races, and these guys can do that because I really think, as we've been talking about for days now, your entire offseason or, or much of it is condensed into a couple of days. I mean, they're talking about players being able to report to spring training a day or two after the lockout right. is is over. So uh, think about what you've got to start doing from a coaching standpoint. 
you got to get all the front office stuff out of the way as quickly as possible. Obviously, the offseason is going to bleed into spring training. It has under normal circumstances in recent year. This year, there's no choice but that for that to happen. Uh, and as we've talked about, there's a lot still left to do on Rick Hunt's to-do list, and he's going to have a very short window in which to do it. And not only that, he's going to have a bunch of other GMs, 29 of them, trying to make similarly quick moves. Right, and we gave the MLB 10 minutes to, to figure this out, and it seems like nothing will happen as of yet. We will update you on the lockout if we hear more news. If there is a no, if there is a yes, right now it's a lot of reports that people are saying no, um, and that's currently being dragged down by the MLB's now inclusion that they want the MLBPA to drop their lawsuit uh, stemming from the 2020 season about how that was handled, uh, the delay of the season there, um, and just all the COVID uh, stuff around there. The MLB now wants to just knock that out, uh, get, get rid of that lawsuit, and that's you know opening up a whole different can of worms. So, yay, it's almost, it's baseball. Almost, it's almost as if these two sides don't really like each no, other No, they much. don't. <laughs> and, and, and we're getting to a point where Dick Durbin is, is calling people there out and go. saying that uh, you know we need to get rid of the antitrust uh, exemption that, the, that baseball has. But uh, I don't know what that would do. Um, that, that would, that's exactly what I think baseball needs, by the way, is government, right? Like, <laughs> let's, let's make this real easy, nice and easy, nice and succinct. Let's bring in the U.S. federal government. Yay. That would make covering this a lot more fun. Uh, let's go into something that is more fun. I loved watching Carlos Rodon uh, pitch last year. I don't know about you guys. Right now, he's a free agent. Signed in 2021 to a 3.3 one-year deal. Wasn't really even guaranteed a spot in the rotation. Won it in spring training. Performed fantastic in his first start uh, against Seattle on the road. And then his first home start, he throws a no-hitter. Barely a perfect game. And then, you know, all the way until July, he was their best pitcher, in my opinion. He hits a snag with his shoulder. He was a little up and down in August and, and, and September, you know, not even fully healthy. We saw him a little bit in October. We see him reach 99 in game four against Houston on the radar gun, which was, you know, not showing in September. But right now, the Sox don't extend the qualifying offer, which was $18.4 million in the offseason. Carlos Stradown is currently a free agent. On most lists, he's probably one or two behind, you know, where you rank Clayton Kershaw. So with everything right now, you know, Vinny, you just wrote about this on allchgo.com. What's a Carlos Rodon reunion looking like? Are they going to bring back one of their best pitchers from last year, or does it seem like these two sides are finally splitting apart? Well, I think, you know, to, to, to give you the, the short answer first, I think it's probably unlikely that that's going to happen, but I think the why is very interesting, and I think it's worth a discussion that we're going to have here. And, you know, you look at everything, not even extending the qualifying offer, you get the feeling that the White Sox know what they're dealing with. And certainly, Carlos Rodon, as excellent as he was last year, as much as he had put the significant injuries behind him, unfortunately for him, the health is still a headline. And right. I think we saw a tweet uh, the other day from, from a national writer saying that, oh, the Yankees had, had asked for the medical reports on Rodon before, before the uh, lockout began. You know what? I bet every team has asked on the medical reports for Rodon because you can't watch what happened to him down the stretch last year when he wasn't making it four innings in, in, in regular mm -hmm. season. So I remember that night he pitched in Detroit where, where things Ugh. just were not good. And listen, I was there. Mm -hmm. The weather was not good in Detroit either that night. But uh, yeah, and I mean, he, 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 he just kind of he couldn't throw anymore. And from that point on, it was how much are they going to be able to get out of, out of Carlos Rodon the rest of the year? They're talking about getting just spending weeks evaluating him, putting 10 days between every start he was making, and it was until the day before Game 4 that right. we knew he was even going to be able 
to, to starting to make that start for them in, in the ALDS, let alone how many innings is he going to give you? Is he going to be able to go out there at all? Right. I mean, it was a relief just that he was on the playoff roster too. Like, yeah, it I was mean, surprising. We didn't right. know. And so, yeah, and so that's the thing is, you know, it was so great to watch Carlos Rodon kind of exercise those injury demons, and then by the end of the season, the health is, is a question again. Now, the White Sox know that better than anybody. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones that don't need those medical reports because it was their doctors that were that were taking care of him all, all season last year. And that, to me, is is influential of, of that decision to, to not extend the qualifying offer. They weren't comfortable making an $18.5 million contract offer for one year of Carlos Rodon. And to be fair, you're looking now at national folks say, talking about Rodon as maybe a, a free agent who's going to sign quickly on the other end of the lockout. And it'll probably be a one-year deal, they say, because it's, it's a prove-it type situation. Not just prove that you're healthy, but prove that last year wasn't a flu from a performance standpoint either. Right. Herb, I mean, you saw the performance all throughout his career as, yeah. a, as a Sox fan. 2021 was obviously a surprising result, but the talent was always there. The pedigree was there. He was a first-round pick. Um, with the Sox looking at 2022, they're going to be losing their best one of the best pitchers in Carlos Rodon. I mean, how does that affect the rotation? And if they don't have Rodon in 2022, I mean, does that make them that much weaker where you know they need to then make a move? Does that extend them, or do you think – the roster's fine as it is. I think you can't have too many good starting pitchers or too many good pitchers at, at all. But Carlos Rodon, how he pitched until July, was better than I think any White Sox could ever, any White Sox fan could ever imagine when they picked him third overall from NC State. Like, that guy, like that was a Cy Young Award winner. Mm-hmm. He was the best pitcher in the American League up until the All-Star break for me. Um, the problem is all the rest. Like... <laughs> Injury history, yeah. going down the stretch. And I was encouraged when I saw that 99 on the gun. I was like, here we go. Here we go, Carlos Rodon. And everybody was hyped. And then you saw the slowdown in that game itself. So, yeah, I don't think Carlos Rodon coming back is a great thing for the White Sox. It's time to move on. He's had a lot of injuries. And so you can't depend on, is that... 2021 Carlos Rodon coming back, even though the money might be, you know, if he comes back for yeah. $3 million, yeah, sign him again, 100%. But Carlos is going to be highly coveted because most people out there probably think, I can catch lightning in a bottle. He'll be that guy early 2021. But I think for the White Sox, they need to move on. And, yes, it's going to be hard to replace those innings, hard to replace that performance. But that's why Michael Kopech's there. Right. That's why Dallas Keuchel's there. Yes, he had a bad year in 2021, but his 2020 was solid. If that guy can show up, even a modicum of that guy could show up for Dallas Keuchel, I think the White Sox would be in a great position. Carlos Rodon, a great guy. Wife is uh, his number one fan, but it's time for him to move on to the next thing and be wherever he's going to be on another team. And just to mention, seven-year career for Rodon, uh, four of those he went over 120 innings pitched, and the other ones he didn't even reach 70, the the, the other three. so And one of those was the 2020 uh, shortened year, but... Even then, he wasn't even looking effective. I mean, it took him all the way to February to get re-signed. I mean, he, he, he barely like pitched. He barely yeah. pitched. Seven, seven he made, two thirds. He made what two two starts, and then yeah. and then uh, and was relegated to that very yeah. woeful bullpen performance Oof. there at the end of the year. But the rosters of the rea- or the realities of the roster obviously have an impact on this decision making too. When you're talking about bringing back Rodon or signing any free agent pitcher of that kind of caliber, because listen. The White Sox starting rotation is full right now. It has five guys in it. And it doesn't mean that you can't make moves to, to, to better your team. If, you, if, the, if Rick Hahn wants to go down the path 
of signing a big-name pitcher or even bringing back Carlos Rodon, and he thinks it's worth going out there and trying to move Dallas Keuchel, then then he can. But you need to find room for these guys. You you say you can't have too many good pitchers. Boy, that's the truth, but you need jobs for all of them. You can't sign somebody somebody like Carlos Rodon and be like, oh, one of you six guys is going to have to be in AAA. (laughs) Like, that doesn't work that way. And Mm -hmm. and those – if you're the only two options to do that to, in my opinion, are finding a way to move on from Keuchel, which would not be easy. He's a really high, highly paid, highly paid player with that la- in that last guaranteed year of his contract, or sacrificing the development of Michael Kopech. If you take, the, if you were to take this year away from him and send him back to the bullpen, mm. you might not get starting pitcher Michael Kopech uh, uh, at all. Right. It, yeah. And, and uh, I think too, hey, like Passon is. With, uh, Oh, Passon's announcing got, it here. Oh, Passon's doing it. We got, right, so we got the real. We got, we got the big guy. Uh, he's got his account Sean? back. All right, here we go. Breaking: Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal. Sources tell ESPN. While it still needs to be ratified by both parties, that is expected to be a formality when it is. And then he's dramatic. He puts a colon and two spaces, as you can see on screen. Baseball is back, which we all love. All right, let's go. Sky Point. I like how we're Sky Pointing the pen. Sky Point to Sky Point to Jeff Passan, who was who was dead on Twitter for uh, several hours yes. earlier today. He's resurrected like Jesus. Lawrence, yes, I don't know go. if you can actually pull up the 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 tweets that he has below it. Um, he he makes a joke about it. He says, "And I am all, and so am I. I'm also back." Uh, in, in reference, there to you it. go. He's uh, back, and he also has some sweet NFTs. If anyone is interested. <laughs> um, well, I, that's good. Yeah. You don't think it's good? Oh, it's, just, it's annoying. It's annoying. I, I mean, can it's we? Can I not be annoyed by this? We, yes. we, 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 you delay opening day by what eight days now? Because now the tentative opening day will be on April seventh. You now have to cram in double headers. You have canceled the first two series. Like all of this could have been done if you didn't wait forty three days from December to January. You could have gotten this done Who's well before. Teams couldn't have been affected. You're still getting 162, and now you're just giving yourself a headache of a scheduling nightmare. Sean, like, this is so frustrating. You're not wrong, but also, the thing that's been the source of your frustration for the last three oh. months just ended. Yes. I know, but, like, <laughs> thankfully. like it melts away. It's been on me for three months. It's been a draining three months. I've been in my closet talking about this damn thing. All of these CBAs and pre-arb, you know, Bonus polls. I just want to see baseball happen. And now you get to. And now we get to. You've been in your closet. You do your podcast, Locked on Socks, from your closet. Some context could have been helpful (laughs) there. Uh, Host the Locked on Socks. You can see me interview people from my closet if if you want to check that out. But uh, this is is a much nicer studio, and I get to talk to my guys and and Vinny and Herb here. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and let's jump into the MLB lockout uh, talk right after. we got to talk about how the best way to support CHGO is, and that is by downloading the PointsBet app. Use the code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlays. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. When you're watching the Warriors and Nuggets tonight, maybe the Nets and 76ers before you get into baseball season, you can use the PointsBet app and build your live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. And sign-up is quick and easy. You can do it right on the PointsBet app. 
just in seconds. So don't wait. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I gave you guys a chance to get caught up on the lockout news. I saw you guys immediately pull out your phones. Damn straight. I'm going to go to you, Herb. Yeah. What are your thoughts? We, baseball's back. You, you checked up on some of the news. Immediate thoughts. Could You're happy? Not, relieved? Could not be happier. Vinny gets to go to Arizona. <laughs> I get to go to San Francisco on July 4th weekend and actually see the White Sox and Giants play. There you go. Like, and this is the White Sox championship year. I don't give a damn. Like, the White Sox are in championship contention. I feel sorry for Jeremy Haber. I feel sorry for Rick Hahn, what they have to go through the next couple of weeks. But get it done. Get it done because this is the time where we're going to strike and where we're going to make this team a team that's just winning the AL Central to a team that's going to the World Series. And this is more from Jeff Pass, and players can report to spring training camps as early as tomorrow. Opening day is expected to be April 7th, as Jesse Rogers first reported. Transactions unfreeze upon ratification, which is expected to come as early as today, meaning free agents can sign and trades can occur. So let's just wrap up this Carlos Rodon discussion uh, because it's kind of, you know, Super relevant now. It, may, it might happen tonight. Uh, Carlos Rodon on the free agent market. Uh, Yankees was uh, linked to them in the John Hamer report. That was one of the teams that was requesting medicals. If you have to place an idea, you know, if, if Carlos Rodon was to get a, a number amount, like I feel that he would probably get more than 18.4 on the market. That's what the qualifying offer was worth. I mean, you see Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is getting around 20.3. He's, he's, he's Cy Young. Um, if it's for one year, like I understand there is that, injury concern with him but you did see the, the the velocity come back in game four he was able to give you 120 plus innings this year like I think that some team would take a 50-50 shot especially if they're a competitor if you're the if you're one of the other 29 GMs in baseball and you see the White Sox have an exclusive opportunity to give him an 18.4 million dollar contract offer yeah. and they say no thanks I think you would say, well, that's probably for a reason. Yeah, right? eighteen point four million for a starting pitcher who pitched as well as he did. Who, who they fifth know in the Cy Young vote? Who they know is but that's like mm, we're but good. they know isn't, better than anybody. Isn't that weird that they didn't do that? Like I don't know. No. He, he was he no. was fit. It's it's not weird. It tells you what their thinking was. I guess, but I, I I'm also like I've been again. They gave me three months to think about this. I've been thinking and pondering. It's like. You know, maybe they do know more than anybody, and maybe that's what they want everyone to think about. Like, now, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe they they're also just trying might to play not be games. in the market for a starting pitcher, right? For yeah. an all-star and, starting pitcher, because and, they have five starting pitchers right. already. And I don't know too. Like, I mean, the big big talk with with Boris was that he wanted a multi-year deal. The Sox probably didn't want to give him that, which which is totally understandable. But if it's a one-year deal, especially with the three weeks that he's going to have to sign, I don't understand why the Sox wouldn't be See, in his market. Thing. Like, I, you you would you would. I understand Dallas Keuchel's on the team, yeah. but you need the five best players in that rotation. Rodon's better than Keuchel. You know that. You've seen him for the I'm past sorry, year. I'm sorry. Yes, do, you? Do, you think, do you Do you? Can absolutely. you guarantee me right now that Carlos Rodon's going to have a better 2022 season than Dallas Keuchel? If, again, the biggest thing is if health, but I would rather take the 50-50 shot on Carlos Rodon's health than Dallas Keuchel. Mark it down, Lawrence. Mark it down. Sean thinks that Rodon's going to be better than Keuchel this Is that year. a hot take? It's not a hot take. I don't take. think it's a okay. hot take. Right. 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 Be... Mark it down when I was right, Lawrence. Oh, and in October, <laughs> we come back and say, man, that Dallas Keuchel uh, Cy Young Award season was excellent. Remember when you were so wrong about that, Sean? Oh, but, hey, like, uh, maybe. Add another White Sox veteran to the list of those players that Sean can't hates. stand. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. <laughs> those are Braves. We've one, already talked about we, we can't be rolling dice on this championship season. 
We right, don't. But we don't know who. De- we the don't only, know who Carlos Rodon is. The, only, the, the out of the other twenty nine teams, the only team that's going to sign the team that will sign him is a competitor. So a team is going to add him to their team to let them do to, it to improve their World Series chances. Why wouldn't the White Sox do it? Though I want the White Sox World Series chances to improve. I think if Carlos Rodon's on the roster, their chances to win the World Series improve. Like and that's I, perfectly valid. But yeah, I think yeah, there's I just know. as good a chance. There's there's no I think other. There's po- just as good yeah. a chance that Dallas Keuchel ends up having a better season than Carlos Rodon. And, and and I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying it could happen. For sure. And if you're talking about dice rolls and uh, minimizing the question marks, Carlos Rodon is a question mark. Well, as one. good as he was last year, he's a question mark wherever he ends up, even if that's with the And White the one Sox. thing you never have to worry about Dallas Keuchel is posting. He'll be out there every fifth. And availability is one of the best abilities. Yeah. Like I- being there and pitching is a good thing. And the White Sox just sometimes need innings. Their offense is going to help Dallas Keuchel out sometimes. If, if Carlos Rodon is missing starts months, that's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough on the White Sox to go from what he's pitching and then go to Raylo. Raylo was good, but you don't want him to be starting every fifth. You can't be rolling dice like that. Yeah, I mean, I just... I don't know if it's a dice roll. It's it, you're only rolling the dice on the health. Like I, I, again, that's, he was he was he was role. fifth in, in Cy Young, right? If you want innings for the Sox, I understand the the, the Keuchel argument because he will guarantee you 150 innings. It might be a five plus ERA, and he might be you know getting uh, taken well, out deep. Well, wait, and, you I'm, know. I'm sorry too. Did I miss the 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 several years of Carlos Rodon's career before last year, where in addition to the health, it wasn't but, but uh, it wasn't ideal with Keuchel, results. With Keuchel, I think you can make the argument it's age. It, it's it's just coming to an end at this point. His stuff is less He's less effective. Dead. Where with Rodon, like, like you you saw the changes because of. Like uh, of straight up, you know, changes with Ethan Katz in his regimen, in, in his uh, routine. You saw a pitcher, I think, actually blossom. I think Carlos Rodon turned into a true starting pitcher. I think he understood how, how to use his uh, pitches in the right counts, how to put away players. I think that he had more confidence in his stuff than ever before. And I think a lot of that was to do with the connection that he had with Ethan Katz. Um, I think, especially the way that he was ramping up late in games, too, like it just felt like Rodon trusted himself. And I don't know if Keiko has that. I mean, Keuchel needs to trust himself because he's got a vesting option for $2 million, can turn it from 18 to 20. Like, that's a good, you know, that's a that's a good uh, uh, motivation right there, absolutely, to, to get paid for Dallas Keuchel. But again, like, the White Sox are based off of the three true outcomes in, in, in strikeouts, walks, and home runs. And the only one that Dallas Keuchel is hit, helping you out in that is walks, and he's going to let up, you know, a decent amount of three uh, walk per nine last year and home runs. I mean, he was getting hit all over the yard last year. Carlos Rodon fits better with the White Sox mantra of striking out people, dominating them with the fastball, dominating them with their breaking ball. I mean, top uh, two top fifty pitches in the MLB last year, according to pitch value with, can, with this fastball and slider. If I mean, you can guarantee it works. me that that first half Carlos Rodon's coming back. I would be on the first thing. But even to then, say I mean, like, when Rodon he was less effective, and I know it was like the Reds in September, he was still getting outs. He was still able to give you five innings I, of like two run ball. I can't do that. Right. I can't do that. I think right. Dallas Keuchel as a fifth starter is in his perfect role right as as right now. He'll probably be a four and a half ERA. That's good. That's decent. Like a ERA plus that's over a hundred, not above it. And if he gets back to his ground balls, the White Sox defense has improved a little bit better. He was third in ground ball rate last year. It wasn't like it, it hasn't been. No, on the but top I'm saying like more like ground balls than the, same than the home runs that he gave yeah. up last year. Like in the two, 2020, he was dominant with like what is it, sixty percent ground ball rate? Fifty six, fifty six percent last year in in, in 2022, or twenty twenty one. Yeah, so like which was third. He gets back to that. 
He'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know. Now we'll, we'll move on now to the A's. Uh, Vinny also had an article. He we wrote about Carlos Rodon and the re- reuniting, and obviously that was a great topic. We got about thirty minutes out of that <laughs> one. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Danny Dubeck, who's my cousin. Uh, I, I see his name in there. He he reached out and texted me saying we love our content. So thank you, Danny, for watching us and uh, being in the chat here. But let's go to the Oakland A's. Vinny, you wrote about picking off the uh, the fire sale, the to- Tobias Funke uh, fire sale <laughs> from Arrested Development. Oh God, we're having a fire, or, or God, there's a fire sale sorry to butcher that line you like one main guy in this Oakland bunch that you wrote about one main guy in the bullpen uh do you want to talk about him first I mean where do you want to go I like let's put it this way I, the A's are expected to, to go into fire sale mode right the A's are do this every so often where they decide we're going to get rid of all our good players and we're still going to be good somehow because we're the A's that's what that's what they do they're gonna they're expected to do it again it could happen as soon as tonight if all this lockout <laughs> business is cleared up we will see uh, they have all. They have some very, very good players over there. Chiefly, their corner infielders. Matt Chapman is probably the best defensive third baseman in baseball. Him and Nolan Arenado, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, can hit a bunch of home runs too. Matt Olson uh, has also a lot of power over there at first base. Uh, they've got a couple good starting pitchers that could be on the move. Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, uh, and you really look at that roster and you say, who can? Who? Who do you got? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Um, of those four guys that I mentioned, I don't know how realistic it would be for the White Sox to end up with them. The White Sox have a third baseman. They have a first baseman. We just talked about how their starting rotation is crowded. Do you make room for someone the caliber of a Bassett or a Manaya? That's up to Rick Hahn, of course. Uh, Can't make room for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, those guys are healthy. Sorry, I'm just being petty. Sure. My bad. You are being petty. I mean, hey. <laughs> Being a, real Tom, with the, being a real Tom Petty over there. Yeah, <laughs> pom-poms over there. I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, good. I know that reference. That's that's mandatory. But uh, but yeah, but they, there's another name that I think, uh, you know, MLB Trade Rumors made a list of the guys who could be trade candidates after the lockout. And, you know, there was one in that bullpen. A guy, Lou Trevino. Right. Not, a, not a sexy name, perhaps, to White Sox fans out there. But I am very much of the opinion that the White Sox could use another hand or two out there in the bullpen uh, after all the guys that moved out of that bullpen uh, from the end of last season to now. And I think a guy like that who could be part part of your middle relief, part of your setup situation would be very valuable for them. And while fire sailing, as the A's are, you might be able to find him at a decent price too. And real quick, I want to give a shout-out to Elliot who asked, uh, has nobody told these guys uh, the lockout is over? Elliot, uh, I don't know if no one told you, but now free agents and trades can happen now that the <laughs> lockout is over. So I think that's a lot more fun than, hey, what's the pre-arb bonus like? <laughs> also, Come on, I, Elliot. I'd like to say, Elliot, we did talk about it. Yeah, we did. You're Tune just in like, at buddy, 2 p.m. Tune in at two. <laughs> Somebody tell them. He's, he's still coming. We found out, Elliot. Thanks, Told, buddy. You missed. Sean was pissed. The, the lockout's over. <laughs> yeah, too. I was, I was yeah. already screaming. He's so, mad uh, about the lockout being over. He's mad that Dallas Keuchel's going to pitch. Let's, let's give Elliot his update he's today. Too young for all this anger. <laughs> <laughs> let's give Elliot this update uh, on the lockout. Uh, Jesse Rogers tweeting. Nine inning double headers are back. Boo. Rec- uh, regular extra inning rules return. Boo. And really? that the uh, man on second is a thing of the past. Oh, really? Yeah. That, wow. I actually like that. Oh, that was no. great. That's good. I like this. is good. This is the best outcome of the lockout so far. What, really? The getting rid of that? Oh, you yeah, hated I hated that. Well, you like, oh, so, so let's, yeah. let's, let's break this up first because yeah. I know you're a fan of seven-inning doubleheaders. Let's yes, talk about that first. So. Yeah. Seven-inning doubleheaders versus doubleheaders. Uh, in the first week of the lockout, we're going to be having uh, some doubleheaders that are going to be happening uh, to make up some games. Yes, yeah. uh, in the schedule to yeah. fit in the 162 uh, it, within, you know, the, the October 3rd uh, end game or end date of the season. So... We're going to see nine-game doubleheaders back. I liked the seven-game doubleheaders or seven-inning doubleheaders. Herb, what do you think? Uh, because I know Vinny was a fan of them. What about you? It's great. Like, if we're doing something unnatural, 
So get rid of playing, them. Playing two <laughs> games. We need to shorten the amount of time that the players, the fans, the people who cover the game are at the ballpark. Because I don't know if you know, baseball is a long, monotonous sport. Like, being at the ballpark for 10 hours is not great. It's not ideal. And no one's going to these games like, oh, I want to go to a doubleheader. No, it's tiring. I went to one doubleheader. It was like three and a half hours. I left before the second one started because I was like, this is boring. I love the White Sox, but damn it, get the game over with. Give me some results. <laughs> well, and Vinny, as a baseball beat writer, I don't think we have to tell you how long baseball doubleheaders can be yes. in mean, 10 innings yes. or especially, 10 hours long. Especially when you're watching some of those, you know, 2019 oh. White Sox Royals games, Ugh. White Sox Orioles. Yeah. Those doubleheaders we could have uh, shortened up. Maybe down to like three innings a piece. Yeah. <laughs> it's nicer when the White Sox a are a little bit better. And get it over with. Hell. Uh, I, I liked the, the second uh, the man on second gimmick outside of when it was taking place in uh, Cincinnati uh, in, 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 in May with uh, Tony putting Liam Hendricks out on third. And shout out to Elliot. Elliot was uh, just joined late. So shout out to Elliot. We love you, um, Elliot. And Cheesy Sox says yards. he loves to sit through double headers. I mean, you just sound like a, a masochist, though. Like, it well, just, I think the it, idea is that right now, with you know baseball being shut down for the last three months, right? Well, let's, take anything he can get I'll right ta- now. I'll take ten so hours of baseball. Imagine yeah. on a May afternoon, you're sitting there at one o'clock for a damn White Sox Guardians game on a Wednesday. Yeah, and then you gotta <laughs> be there. Like it's a split doubleheader, so one o'clock start the first one, and then the second one starts at six ten. Yeah, that's a long ass day. A lot of money is going out of your pocket, and a lot of time is spent. At a ball game. No, I'm good. Can I, make them seven innings. I like Fred's comment here. Baseball is back now. I can get back to dreading TLR being the team's manager. I understand, Fred, but if that is my biggest problem right now, which now it is because the lockout is over, that's a good problem to have. Fred's got to go listen to our uh, T- uh, Tony LaRusso podcast Yeah, the retrospective. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We, we, we yeah. try to go in-depth. And, I, again, I, I'm just with Herb. Managers don't matter. And, and I was just getting it's upset at Tony LaRusso because he's Managers a, he's a figurehead. Yeah, I, I don't think they, they – I mean, That much. I predicted them to go 93 and 69. They went 93 and 69. It's like, you know, I expected the team to do that. I can't really be too mad at the results. Uh, let's now talk a little bit about um, the, the, the tri- uh, well, I'm, I'm not all confused. Lawrence. Ace. Ace. We were talking about the ace. We were talking about the ace, right. Uh, let's talk about second base because Tony Kemp's an option there, but you also threw out the idea of Matt Chapman. Uh, Herb, we're talking about a World Series contender here. Uh, Matt Chapman, one of the better uh, third basemen in, in the league. Uh, I know that it's a controversial opinion to move Yohan Mankata back to second base. Um, would you be in favor of that if you're getting a player of yes. Matt Chapman's? I already hit the button. Yes, deal. <laughs> yes, I mean, I don't give a damn if Yohan Mankata is uncomfortable at second. That's where you're going to be playing. That guy, Matt Chapman's better at you, better than you at the hot corner. Sorry. Sorry, yo. If you can't hit at second, then you can't hit in the major leagues. I understand you had the bad year, but I place that more on you being a second-year player than you playing actually second base. Matt Chapman is the gold standard, as far as I'm concerned, at third base. So, no, there's going to be no consternation, no Matt Chapman moving to second base or shortstop. Yoan, I was hey, joking about shortstop. enjoy yourself at second base. If you need to you know, work out your feelings, cool, do it. But know that you're going to be there when we start playing baseball if we get Matt Chapman. Come on now. Yeah, and Mankata obviously was moved away from second base for a reason. What was Rick Hahn's thinking and explanation while, you know, they, they've been making that move to Mankata? Uh, Steve Stone's talked about how Mankata's just more comfortable at third base. What have you heard from the Sox on that move and, and if Mankata would be even movable? Because if you do get, you know, Chapman here, you're upgrading two positions in a way. You know, I, I, Johan Mankata is better than the Yuri Garcia. I can say that. And, well, you know, that's not like Dallas Keuchel over Carlos Rodante. 
Rick Hahn was asked <laughs> about Moncada maybe going to second base or some other position uh, back in November at the GM meetings, and uh, he said, never say never, which I'm sure gave some people some hope that it was still possible, but he pointed to the unlikeliness of that, and I think most of that stems from the fact that and, and any discussion of a trade for Matt Chap- or Chapman or the acquisition of any other very good third baseman would be that the White Sox don't need a very good third baseman because they have a very good third baseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Matt Chapman is the kind of a player that you make room for. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. He is tremendous. Uh, but Yoan Moncada is also tremendous defensively, in particular, at Co- third base. Correct. One thing you do not need to upgrade is your defense at third base right now if you're the White Sox. Now... Matt Chapman, you know, swings a nice bat, and, and we talked mm. the other day about how, you know, maybe the need isn't a, a specific position, but just a mm. bat to it, help improve that lineup. If that's the way they want to go, then then they'll figure out how to do it. But Yoan Moncada has benefited greatly from moving over to third base. He was asked about it in recent years. He thinks of himself as a third baseman. Go all the way back to Ricky Renneria when we would talk to him about Yoan moving over to third base. And he said not only did it improve uh, you know, did Moncada improve defensively? Because you'll remember it's when he was at second base, a lot of errors that year was not very good defensively. It improved him uh, offensively. The mindset that he was carrying into playing third base every day was a mindset that he was taking with him to the plate, and it was helping him there as well. So I think such a hot topic this offseason has been how to get the maximum Yoan Moncada. I really think how to get the maximum Yoan Moncada is to have him play third base. Yeah, and we've seen results before. The, the power obviously has been zapped out uh, in 2020 and 2021, but still, like, there's a lot of good peripherals with, with Moncada. He still has a good eye. He's still hitting the ball hard. Um, I, it seems like he's still you know on the come up. I, I really wouldn't be too worried about Moncada in, in 2022, uh, especially, like, I mean, third base, he's, he's very solid there. Uh, they're, they're above average defensively at, at shortstop third base catcher at times with Yasmati Grandal. When we go to the backup catcher, it gets a little bit iffy. But, like, those are some of the more solid positions there. I don't know if I really want to tinker with those. Well, and one and one last point on that, too, is trading for Matt Chapman is a lot different than signing, for example, Chris Bryant. I know we right. talk about Chris Bryant and his versatility and his ability to play a position that the White Sox need in right field. Perfect. But let's say, for example, he was just a third baseman still. Signing Chris Bryant and trading for Matt Chapman are two very different things in terms of cost, and you've got to re- you know you've got to remember that you're going to have to give up a lot to get Matt oh. Chapman, and that could wreck some of the White Sox additional plans. You don't know what the ripple effects of the of that are. It shouldn't dissuade the front office from making that kind of a splashy trade, but when you're set at third base, you don't need to add more to your to do list. Yeah, I agree, and. Don't think of my Yoan Moncada moving to second as a, a thing about him. He had COVID in 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still feeling the effects of that. I don't know. He's a young cat. We don't know about this disease. But I think being two years removed from that will help him bring the power back. Remember, he was hitting a triple and then scored a run in Cleveland in 2020 and exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely down for the count. I think being that far removed from a disease that we don't know about will help him out, and his bat will return. His power will return. He'll be the guy that most White Sox fans think of him to be, and his progression will continue to go up. And with the lockout ending, we got you know a lot of moves to make. The Sox still need to make upgrades, and we'll talk about that just after we mention our great sponsor at PointsBet. And it's now time for our pick of the week presented by PointsBet. 
You can download the app today. Sign up in just minutes from start to finish, all from your phone. You could also use code CHGO when you sign up. If you have a 50 or more first dollar deposit and use code CHGO, you will get a free membership to CHGO and you will get a free shirt along with that membership, along with the great content that we have on our website, along with access to the CHGO lounge. The pick of the night for the points bet pick of the night is going to be Patrick Kane, anytime goal scorer in the Blackhawks and the, uh, I'm blanking Bruins. on the t- Bruins. Thank you. The Bruins game. Uh, he's got uh, 18 career points in 20 games against the Bruins. The he's got in the set. 17. Yes, you are. He's got 17 <laughs> points in the past seven games. And if he's got more than four shots in a game, you know, re- very recently that's been turned into goals. So I really like Patrick Kane on the money line. That is your pick of the week presented by PointsBet. Again, use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000 when you sign up. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just live your bet life. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we mentioned it before. This is the CHGO studio. And if you want to become a member of CHGO, you could sign up at allchgo.com. You will get access to our great written content. Some of it's going to be behind a paywall soon. So you want to get that access and that membership soon so you don't miss out on Vinny's great writing. The podcast, the live show, and the post games will always be free. But with the membership, you'll get uh, access to that great written content and you'll get membership into the CHGO Lounge where all of us are always hanging out and chatting with our great members from allchgo.com. Now, we have a super chat. Hey, Corey is the first ever super chat. Shout out to Corey. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Corey, and we'll go into this first. We're going to talk about you know what trades we want to make, what trades we'd like to see for the White Sox. We'll play GM for a day here. We put some trade packages together for you guys. But Corey's super chat says, what would it take to get Nick Castellanos out of Cincy. He's a free agent. He's available. Herb, you like him. Money. That's it. Just pay the man <laughs> money. Like, if Scott Boris is saying, hey, you uh, need to pay him $25, 30000000 million, and if the White Sox feel that Nick Castellanos will be good in the future and be worth that twenty-five to $30 million, they should sign him. Now, I've been on record saying the White Sox are fine at right field. They can get away with the, what they have right now in right field, but I'm a huge Nick Castellanos fan. Besides the whole Tom Brenneman thing and that being brought up, the that whole thing every time. Oh, man, I love that. But he's a quality individual. He killed and tormented the White Sox in his last couple of years in Detroit. And if he comes here, he understands the division. He's becoming a masher. He's not great of a fielder, so the designated hitter spot is available. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm all down for Nick Castellanos coming to the White Sox. But like Vinny said earlier, there's going to be 29, probably 28 other teams uh, vying for his service. Not the Reds, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I think the Reds are out. Yeah, well, I don't think that Cleveland's going to be in on him. I don't think Pittsburgh. So maybe like 27 Probably the teams. A's won't be. Yeah, the yeah. A's right, won't so be let's there. let's go down to 20 sale. teams. And Rick Hahn and Jeremy Haber will be battling those guys for Nick Castellanos' services. And, and Tooch is saying, so we should hear that Sox get Castellanos by the end of the day, right? I, I don't think that Castellanos will be their move. I, we I, will I do think another that... show if Castellanos gets signed. <laughs> I don't care what Herb time. We'll be solo Hurston. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank yes. you, Herb. I will, I will do another show. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Maybe yeah. also producing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and, and maybe I'll be producing. doing it from He's my house. He's just going to be a live stream off his I will, phone. I will, <laughs> I will drive to Courtney's mom's house and do it from her bathroom <laughs> like I did with uh, Dallas Keuchel. I will do it. Twice because he's much better than Dallas Keuchel. It worked out in the first year too. Um, and and just real quick, I, I think that you know Castellanos, the market looks to be around like for for hitters like that, maybe fifteen a, a year. Um, I think that he's one of the guys that might sign later too, like Rodon. 
I think needs to get into camp. I, I think especially with his injury history, he wants probably to get a contract pretty pretty. Fast. You say fifteen for Castellanos? Fifteen million dollars a year? That'll 15? be higher than that. Yeah, oh, Castellanos. Oh, you got to remember Castellanos well, opted out. Fifteen million dollars. What did he opt out of? Castellanos opted out of that contract with the Reds, so he's going to be getting a raise from that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, w- w- was yeah. it at? Yeah, it was, he signed a four year deal, and he had opt outs last year and this year, and he's like, I'm gone. Well, then that kind of play. I, I was wrong on the money. Uh, I should never say <laughs> throw out the money there. I guess, but I, at least playing into that though. I mean, he opted out looking for more money. Uh, I, I think that he might be a guy that does wait. So I don't know if Castellanos is going to be one of the first names uh, to to go. I think that Rodon is probably likely uh, to be one of those first names uh, to go, just because I think getting into a camp will be big for him, and I think teams would want to see him as soon as they possibly can and get him working out and stretched out and, and ready for a season uh, because turning him around after that shoulder stuff uh, was tough. Uh, Castellanos was four for $64 million. So that's uh, anyone anyone good at math? $16 I mean, million a year? the link right um, there. Like the I guess. One. Six, $16 million a year. So, yeah, he, he, he definitely wouldn't take 15. Uh, but but uh, regardless, let's now go into our next topic. White Sox GM for a day. We all put together a trade package, and we're going to go to Vinny first because we talked about the Oakland fire sale, and you included the Oakland A's in your trade. We'll go to Vinny's first. Why don't you take us through the, uh, the, I went, the trade? I went wild, guys. I know you guys got some some <laughs> deals coming up. I went wild, so yeah, we're, gonna, we're going crazy leading out of the box here. This is a three-team deal. The Sox, the Yankees, the A's, and I, I call it the kill three birds with one stone trade <laughs> because it would allow the White Sox to get themselves a second baseman, get themselves some bullpen help, and trade Craig Kimbrell. So there you go. In this deal, for those who are listening and not watching and can't see this wonderful graphic that Lawrence has whipped up, the White Sox in this deal would get Glaber Torres from the Yankees to play second base, get the aforementioned Lou Trevino to uh, pitch out of the bullpen. Uh, Going to the Yankees, it's Craig Kimbrell, uh, as well as maybe, I don't know, maybe a little cash with that too, would we have to see. And uh, Sean Manaya, one of the big starting pitchers that the A's have to offer up. The A's get some guys for the future. You're talking about Gavin Sheets from the White Sox. I threw Norhe Vera in there as a guy who is a long-term piece. Obviously just joined the White Sox organization within the last couple of years, but um, could maybe sweeten that deal there. And uh, one of the Yankees' many, many top infield prospects, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, uh, they have a glut of young infielders in their minor league system, so they could trade from a position of strength right there. Uh, I think it works great. Uh, works out great for the White Sox. Um, and I think the Yankees, as I bumped the mic here, I think the Yankees would maybe like Kimbrell. Uh, Zach Britton just uh, underwent Tommy John surgery, so they could be looking for uh, to, to kind of keep the status quo at the back end of what's been a very good bullpen mm-hmm. the last few years. But the big thing right there, the headline is White Sox get their second baseman, and they'd get him for the next three years. And I, I like Manaya too. Um, they, they've been struggling with starting pitching, finding some consistent, consistency. Uh, they, they took a shot on James Paxton. Uh, that really didn't work out. Luis Severino's been up and down and out. Uh, he really hasn't been working. And, and Manaya, although he had a, a shortened 2019 uh, was was there healthy for 2020 and was healthy and good in 2021. So that, that would definitely be an interesting name. What do you think of uh, getting Gliber Torres on the south I side? Mean, I've seen my trade and I've seen your trade. Yeah, like Vinny won already. Like before, <laughs> before we, like he did. Firstly, he did a three team trade. Like he did it, and that deal could actually be made. Wait until you see mine. Like dude, look at that. Like that makes the White Sox much better. Like Gliber Torres. I know he's had a couple bad years, but. I think being reunited, as we talked about with his guy, Aloy, will spark Besties. something. Yeah. Besties. And Bro- he brothers be, from and, the Cubs. And it's another thing, too. It's another, um, he's going to be the seventh or eighth hitter. He's not, the, the spotlight of New York won't be put on him. 
And people in Chicago were like, yeah, it's good to have him. And he's a former Cub, too. That also would be nice for the White Sox and their fans to have, just stick it into the Cubs and say, hey, we got your guy here. We got Cease here. We got Aloy here. Man. Oh, then they go sign Chris Bryant to play right oh, field. How about that? Geez. And I, I think the, the deal that Vinny's making and is Lutrevino also. And Lou too. Ooh, wee. Right. Lou Trevino hey. is just a sweetener on that one, but it's a pretty good sweetener. You like you like Lou Trevino, he's huh? The, he's like, the, he's like the star of the, the deal for you, right? I've been talking up Lou Trevino to these guys. He better be good whenever TV plays for next year. <laughs> and I also like that deal, too. I mean, that deal is probably, I think, you're saying dependent on if the Yankees go out and sign Correa, if they sign yes. uh, Trevor Story. I'm we'll, glad we'll, you brought throw that, that up because, there. yeah, I think that I think that Glaber Torres seems like a realistic possibility for a team that's looking for a middle infielder, chiefly because the Yankees are have been so reported to be so interested in one of the top free agent shortstops remaining. And if they can go ahead and sign that, they got a bunch of other versatile guys on their infield, Torres becomes expendable. And we were confusing uh, a couple people. Uh, our guy, Elliot, uh, who, who came in late, my bad, Elliot, uh, Castellanos did opt out, so he is a free agent. Uh, that's what Herb and Vinny were saying. I said that he, he would sign for around $15 million as a free agent, but he just opted out of a $16 million a year contract, so I don't think he'd sign for $15 million. Maybe he's looking for about eighteen. Uh, so I, I was just wrong on that. But Cop, uh, Castellanos is a free agent. He will be on the market uh, once the uh, market opens up tonight. And then also Castellanos or Bryant Hopefully would tonight. be uh, much more valuable than Chapman, which position-wise, uh, position I, I would agree, um, at least for Bryant, because he can play right field, he can play left field, he can play third base, he can play first base. But Castellanos, I mean, can't play the field. They're, well, they're more, well, va they're more valuable to the White Sox than yes. Chapman is, I think, is what I would agree with there. Because the, if you... You still have the question mark, if you want to call it that, in right field and at DH if you go ahead and address second base in any way or mm -hmm. if that's from moving somebody to make room for Chapman. So if the idea being is if it comes down to just a discussion between those two or three guys, yeah, because the White Sox could more use uh, a, a right fielder slash DH than they could a third baseman right now. Yeah, I mean, I just think that Castellanos in right field just seems – Dangerous, especially with, with Andrew with, Vaughn there. I would be happy with yeah. Andrew Vaughn well, just because he's younger. Option. I like yeah. his IQ. I, I think yeah. that again, like he, he didn't take too many risks out in the field last year, but he was at least you know on most balls. So is he going to you know make diving plays left and right? He made a couple, mm -hmm. but most of it he's going to be a very safe and secure uh, a fielder out there. He's going to try to get to every single ball. Where Castellanos, like he seems lost. He's played you know third, failed there, played first, failed there, played left, right, failed. I mean. I think that he is a perfect DH, and honestly, his his uh, value is probably going to go up too, just because now you do have thirty DHs in the MLB. I cannot wait to make fun of Herb's trade. Uh, it's coming. <laughs> we're, we're about to get wacky. All right, Herbie, take it through. Take us through your your okay, wacky trade. <laughs> this is on the caveat of the Dodgers are looking to upgrade at first base, so they're in the Freddie Freeman. Uh, sweepstakes so they need to get rid of players so so they have freddie freeman in this yes, scenario in this okay. scenario gotcha so max muncie had an elbow injury uh going into the playoffs didn't play in the playoffs all last year he's on i think the second to last year of his contract which is very nice he can play multiple positions for the white Sox. i know you say he's a first baseman but he played a lot of second base yeah. for the dodgers that fills that need for the white Sox. Max Muncy playing second base for them. And then the second name I have is Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, former MVP, has fallen off the table. He's only 25 years old, so the, the Dodgers might be looking to give him a couple more chances, but he's at the end of his thing. He's making $18 million this year for a guy that was really, really horrible. And, like, I think he was, like, 54 OPS plus last year. Like, he could not see the ball. 
the reason why I say those two guys, because the Dodgers are already getting, um, in my scenario, Freddie Freeman, and they have a glut of outfielders and infielders in their minor league system. So they would be willing to give these guys up because that gets them off the payroll. Uh, I think that's about $26 million in payroll. They're close to the proposed uh CBT, uh, CBT threshold. threshold, and so you would have a little bit more money to work with there with Freddie Freeman and other free agents you need to go and pick up. The White Sox would give up Westcath, who they pitched, picked up last year. He's the Arizona Player of the Year out of high school. Uh, they drafted him in the second round. He's a third baseman, or they project him as a third baseman. He plays shortstop in Arizona. Jake Berger, who saw a cup of coffee here with the White Sox, you know his story of all the injuries he had to battle through. He's still relatively young in the game. And then Gavin Sheets can be that lefty stick that they're missing from both Max Muncy and uh, Cody Bellinger. I say it's far-fetched, but the Dodgers are looking for a championship. They cannot go another year and say, is Cody Bellinger really the MVP? Or is that guy who just fell off the table? Like, what happened in that year? And 2020 wasn't great either. And I think when they won the World Series, what my speculation is, is after he hit a home run, he did this, like, shoulder bump with his teammate and pretty much like dislocate either his shoulder or his, his pectoral. Like, and he hasn't been the same since. So you want to trade for him? I think <laughs> no, but I think that the Dodgers can't risk on risk yeah. that he's going to return to form of MVP form. Can the White Sox? The White Sox have plenty. Aren't yeah. the White Sox trying to win the World Series? They too? are, but I think they can try to think, hey, we can recapture. And this is the type of the White Sox move they can do. We can recapture some uh, MVP form from Cody Bellinger. Even if he doesn't get to that level, him being all right, like they kind of did with Dallas Keuchel in 2020, is fine for the White Sox. And then Max Muncy is going to probably miss a month of the season because he has the uh, uh, the Tommy John. He didn't have the Tommy John surgery, but he has the ulnar collateral ligament damage. So him playing either second base or designated hitter for the White Sox would work out. For the Dodgers, they can't wait for him to return for the for the regular season because they have a lot of people, McKinstry, a uh, bunch of people in the outfield and first base that they don't really need Max Muncy. And secondly, Max Muncy, I can say he's mad, he's bad. He's Max Muncy. <laughs> That's well, a Beastie Boys reference, right? No, no, it's Max, oh, Max, no. Max, yeah, Max, oh, Max, 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 Come on, yeah. there you go. It's only Brass Monkey, right? All right. Well, uh, I, you know, make third, fun of it, guys. Go ahead, make if, fun if, of my if, deal. If, if if Jake Burr, or I'm sorry, if uh, Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger came off the books for the Dodgers, they go from 214 million dollars to 184 million dollars. That's without this Freddie Freeman signing. So they'd you know they'd gain 30 million dollars in cap room. That's yep. that's half the reason why I'm thinking <laughs> is that they're not as good as they used to be. The, the issue is the ceiling. The issue is that they yeah. get they get relief. The issue is that Jake Berger, who you're trading, is 25, and then Gavin Sheets is 25 as well. What's Cody Bellinger is only one year older than them and has you know, already proven that he could be an MVP type player. Where Gavin Sheets and Jake Berger haven't even had. Full seasons in the MLP. The just White yet. Sox in this trade get a guy who is the MVP three years ago. Three years ago, and ago. who's twenty six? A, a starting, a, st- a starting player for a championship team, but hurt. And who the, was worth five WAR last and year? And the Dodgers hurt. And the Dodgers get a high school third baseman and <laughs> and Gavin Sheets. Yes. Okay. What do you? What, do you, what is the the disrespect for Jake Berger, man? I, I, I don't have disrespect for him. I think if he just was unproven, if, he's green. If yeah. he was if if he was capable of playing for a championship team, he'd be on the White Sox right now. How about this? I just put <laughs> instead of all the three of those guys, put Andrew Vaughn in there. 
I didn't oh, want to well, put that's Andrew much Vaughn different. in there. That's I don't want to put Andrew Vaughn in there. Yeah. If so, I want to put Andrew Vaughn in there, I think the White Sox get the worst of that deal. I don't know. I don't. I, think I, I would the say. Worst I would say they we would not think that Andrew Vaughn is going to be a elite hitter, right? So you're saying you're saying Vaughn sheets. No, just Vaughn for those two guys. No way. No, 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 no. No? no? You need some more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vaughn, you, you need a lot more. Mm. Okay. Cody Bellinger was an MVP. I think, was, we, I think we need to mention that again. Was recently. three years ago. <laughs> We're not now, talking Miguel Cabrera right. here. You guys going to bring up... Uh, Dallas Keuchel was a Cy Young years ago, yet you guys want to keep him. Carlos Rodon just recently was top five in the Cy Young. Yeah, but that's... Recently, more recently, Dallas, Carlos Rodon was better. Okay, by one year. And Dallas Keuchel was a top five and, and, and Cy Young finisher in 2020. Should we trade him? Should we trade? Should we trade Dallas Keuchel? Let's get to my trade. Let's 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 get to my trade. <laughs> let's trade Dallas Keuchel. What a segue! There we go. There All right, is. here's my trade. Uh, White Sox uh, try to upgrade their second base position with Tommy Listella. His contract is five million dollars this year and eleven million dollars next year. The Giants get Dallas Keuchel. He has eighteen million dollars this year. He also can get up to. Uh, he's a player option next year. Or I think it's just an option. Uh, I'm not sure if it's player or, or team. I'll have to look that up, and I'll, I'll get that for I think you. It's a club. It is yeah. a club option uh, worth 18 million dollars, and if he hits a, over 160 innings, that goes up to 20 million. Uh, so Listella, you know, you, you gain 13 million dollars this year off the books for the White Sox, and then you gain about, you know, depending if that escalator hits, uh, about eight million dollars uh, in, in 2023. The thing though is. The Giants still need pitching. They lost a lot of pitching this offseason. They were able to still maintain Logan Webb and Anthony DiScalfani. Uh, they lost Cueto, though, and they lost um, Kevin Gosman. I do think that the Giants need to fill out that, that rotation. You saw how they performed last year, 170 wins in the NL West. They're looking for that fifth starter. A lot of 107, wins. my bad. That, that would be a record. <laughs> that is a record. Uh, 107 <laughs> wins for the Giants last year. They're looking to fill out that rotation. And if anywhere, if there's anywhere that Dallas Keuchel can thrive, it is in Oracle. It is in San Francisco. Again, the, the only thing that was working for him last year, 56% ground ball rate. The Giants are 11th last year in defensive run saves. So I think you're going to be upgrading the defense. You're going to be upgrading the park that he plays in. He's going to be a better fit for that team. And if you're looking for 160 innings for a playoff team, I think that Dallas Keuchel does still have value, just not as much value as Carlos Rodon. And you free up some money to put towards Carlos Rodon to fill out that, that, that rotation. Again, going back to my, my, my point just a little bit earlier, this team is built off the three outcomes, uh, strikeout, walks, and home runs. I just think that Keuchel hurts you in, in those three. He doesn't really strike out anybody. He, his walks are going up. His, he's losing a little bit of his control, and he's giving up home runs. He's getting hit, hit hard. Where Rodon, he's able to blow past people. He's able to get those go. strikeouts. The control is down. I think that working with Ethan Katz and that, that velocity belt really started to get things more uh, in line. Uh, the the, the, the uh, mechanics were a little bit more fluid. I just think that they unlocked something with Carlos Ron, and I think that they know that. Uh, I, I, I at least know that. I, I hope they know that. I, I just am trying to make room for Carlos Rodon with this trade, and you upgrade second base, uh, or at least get a lefty uh, in Tommy Listell who can play first, third, and second. I think, I think the only way that that trade is beneficial for the White Sox is if they've already made that starting pitching okay. addition and – they need to get rid of a starting pitcher. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? And I think if that's if 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 they reach that point, that will obviously be a good problem to have, right? Mm -hmm. Because it means they'll have signed a good pitcher. But it it would give them the upgrade at second base that they, they're looking for. Now, in a vacuum, if you do that trade as your second base trade, that's tough. and then you make it so you have to go get right. more pitching. Yeah. I don't know if that's as quite as beneficial. But if it's after the fact, 
then that it, then it, they could, it could work for them. Just like your deals, it's it's dependent on if Frederick Freeman signs with the Dodgers, <laughs> and it's dependent on if um, uh, the, the Yankees, the Yankees get Trevor sign Story. Trevor Story or, or Carlos Correa. But I, I, again, I, I just think that freeing up cap space is huge for the Sox. They need to add to this team. I think Dallas Keuchel detracts from what they need, and I think they need a bullpen arm. I think Colin McHugh's an interesting name because if we're talking about length, he started before. He was great with the Rays out of the bullpen. I really like him. He'd be around like eight or nine million dollars. The same for Tapera. If you like Tapera, I like McHugh just a little bit more. Uh, if they're able to go out and sign Rodon, I think that their rotation is a World Series rotation in Kopech, Rodon, Giolito, Cease, and Lynn. The only question I have about it is health. It, it can Kopech stay healthy? Can Rodon stay healthy? But if they are, I mean, I, I don't think you can find a better one through five pitching wise in the MLB. And and that's that's how the Sox wanted to know five. I know that's, you know, kind of repeat and, and rinse and repeat there, but you know, that that is a deadly five starters right there. And I think that Keuchel could be valuable to a team. And that's still a playoff team. He still has some value. He's still able to get ground balls. And that's a park where, you know, home runs are are very, very hard to come by. Yeah, the marine layer is heavy there in the afternoon and late nights. So, yeah, that's good. I, uh, you just wanted to have Carlos Rodon on the White Sox, and so you made a trade for that to happen. I, I, I think that you you know, this Dallas team Keuchel. is better. I, I do hate Dallas Keuchel. Wow. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. I just want to ask Lawrence for one more thing. Uh, there is one thing. Uh, the Tooch Passen is saying they're going to put ads on the jerseys like NBA and gives MLB an option to ban the shift by 2023. So uh, right now in 2022, you are looking at baseball returning on April 7th, spring training returning on March 17th or 18th. That is still games. being spring worked out. Games. Spring training yeah. games. Yes, yeah, spring training games coming back on March 17th and March 18th. We are going to have players reporting as early as tomorrow. Vinny might be there tomorrow as well. We might have Vinny zooming in from Arizona. <laughs> Baseball is back. We're excited to talk to you. And that's why we're talking about these moves that the White Sox can make. 2022 is a huge year for the Sox, and they need to capitalize. And we will have all the coverage of all the moves that they make in the next three weeks in spring training, whether it be a trade, whether it be a free agent, whether it be Cody Bellinger coming to the South Side, Gliber Torres coming to the South Side, Max Muncy or too. Dallas Keiko going to the Bay. <laughs> Max Muncy too. Dallas Keiko going that. to the Bay. We will have you covered here on CHGO, the White Sox podcast. I'm Sean Anderson for Herb Lawrence, for Vinny Duber. Thank you so much for watching. Baseball is back, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.